Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Biggest live sporting event of the night is in the city of New Orleans. UNO taking on Sam Houston. And right now, Sam Houston, number one team in the Southland. They're running away from UNO. 57-43 in the second half. Halfway through uh, the second half, 9.34 to play. So Sam Houston opening it up a little bit. I'll keep you updated on that. Also, a live listening of LSU baseball against Southern. LSU baseball was up uh, a dozen runs just a little bit ago in the fourth inning of that game. We'll have a live listening this hour and a live listening next hour. But first, got to get to Deuce. Deuce McAllister, voice of the Saints, former Saints running back at D. McAllister 26, comes on into the program to talk a little Saints free agency a combine, uh, the competition committee. Deuce, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Well, I'm I'm fussing about the Ole Miss Tennessee game. So hey, uh, I felt like Ole Miss should have won that game. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but it's build up. Tennessee plays Kentucky this weekend. Ole Miss is playing for seeding. Uh, Tennessee ranked right now the number seven team, and Ole Miss had a chance to win it there. Uh, one of the best players, Bree Tyree, had an opportunity to hit a one and one, and he missed the front end of a one and one. I think it was uh, Grant, I think it was Williams, player of the year at SEC. He goes down and he hits a big shot. And they end up losing the game, so I'm fussing about that one right now. But how you doing, man? Yeah, look, I'm good. I saw the, <laughs> the, the charge when Kermit uh, when Kermit Davis, uh, I think he got teed up there, jacket off all sweaty, man. Uh, no More bad calls at the end of that one? I was watching out of the corner of my eye. Well, I think it was more so the second half that Ole Miss felt like they were not getting some of those calls. One that was particularly interesting was an over the back, and I think uh, you know that, that that's the one that really got got Kermit going. And then uh, to be to call a charge on a desperation shot that's about thirty feet out uh, with I guess what a second, one and a half seconds left on the mm-hmm. clock. Uh, you normally don't get that call. It's normally a no call. You know, I, but they blew the whistle, and if you blow the whistle, you think, okay, well, you know, they didn't get him a chance to come down. That's one of the points of emphasis. For guy, offensive guy goes up, you have to give him an opportunity to come down, and they didn't even call that. They called him a charge. So, yeah, that got that got Kermit a T. <laughs> well, well, speaking of bad calls, we know uh, the the fallout of the NOLA no call has been the subject of pretty much all scrutiny in the NFL over the last month or so, and. The competition committee has met the last couple of days. And, well, Deuce, I think you and I talked about this before, and certainly I was telling my audience, nothing's going to happen. This competition committee moves at a molasses pace. They're not going to change anything because of the no-no call. And what do you know? Today, John Mara, uh, the owner of the Giants, says there's not enough support. Uh, Rich McKay of the Falcons, he's the chairman of the competition committee. He kind of echoed those sentiments. Are Are you frustrated by the lack of any movement on this? No, I don't think you're frustrated. I mean, because if you watch the NFL do anything, they, they're not going to move at the pace that you would hope. You know, you're frustrated more so because of um, you were the team that was involved with the last bad call. I think there will be something. You know, I don't think they're going to change how they operate from an official standpoint. 
But I know, you know, you just go back and you read some of the stuff that even Elway had said, you know, even today. They want to make sure that what happens in New Orleans doesn't happen again. So uh, as far as overruling the official or how they operate in that sense, they're not going to change. But I do expect them to still uh, be able to alter something uh, so that doesn't happen or occur to any team anymore. How do the players view the the officiating and the replay system right now, and what are their thoughts on on the expansion of that or changes they might make to make the officiating and replay system better? I'm always curious about the, you know the players' perspective on this. Well, the players have to play the game. I mean, you you, you control what you can control, and as you going out and playing the game, um, you know you may not agree with the call as far as the ref, and you may ask them to look for something on a particular play or, you know, this guy is doing something to me. But at the end of the day, you've got to go out and play. You can't uh, you can't particularly worry about, well, if this ref is going to call this or is he not going to call this. I have to go out and play. I mean, and so you never want to leave it into the ref's hands as far as them having to call a play or uh, depending on them to make a call. I mean, you, you just have to go out and play. It's Deuce McAllister, former Saints running back. With us here on WWL now at D McAllister twenty six on Twitter, what's going to happen with Mark Ingram, man? I know you're pretty close with Mark. Um, I think most of his teammates want him back. Most of the fans here want him back, but it's a money issue, right? Well, it's going to always be. It comes down to money. It's always going to be about money, and you know the question will be. I know his reps and the Saints are talking this week up at the uh, combine, so we should know a little bit more after this week, you know, whether they can agree upon something or they're going to let, let him test the market. But it's always going to come down to money. And, you know, I don't think Mark is going to want to try to break the bank, but he wants to be compensated fairly as well. And so, you know, the question that they're going to be, okay, well, you know, you're talking about a 29-year-old running back. He doesn't have the touches, doesn't have the wear and tear. But at the same time, you know, if he hits the open market, you've got three or four teams out there that have a lot of money, you know, and are, are they going to throw that money at him and, you know, put him in a decision or a tough spot to say, uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to end up leaving. And then the other part of it is with his agency and uh, everybody being up in uh, Indianapolis, how, many, how much, uh, and, and we can call it illegal all we want, but how much pre-tampering has already gone on? You know, how much tampering yeah. from other teams has already gone on? And it happens, you know, legally it's not supposed to until March 11th. But trust me, you get all 32 teams up there at the same time like they are now, uh, you, you, you can guarantee that they kind of are laying the groundwork for different deals to be had. Well, speaking of laying the groundwork, uh, Michael Thomas, his uh, pending extension uh, possibly uh, certainly in the spotlight, the Saints can extend him um, this offseason, but he's going to command Odell Beckham Jr. money. I haven't asked you this yet. I've asked everybody else to do this, but is Michael Thomas worth the $20 million a year he's going to want? Well, I, I think he's going to be in that 18 to $19 million. You know, I don't think that they get him the 20 uh, whether it's a base deal, but I think he's going to be in that 18 to $20 million range uh, easily, and you know, I, I think he's he's worth it. You know, I just think he's worth it. He's been able to prove it. He's been a, a good teammate. He's come out. He's worked. He's worked extremely hard. You know, it, it, it'll always until, and, and I'm not trying to force Drew out, but you know, until Drew retires, it'll always be well. Is it the quarterback or the receiver? You know, but right now at this point in time, you have a young receiver that has produced at the highest level, and you know, some of the things that he's done, he's he's shattered the record book. And, 
Uh, you've had other receivers here, and they were not able to accomplish some of the things he has. And I just think that they're at the point where they're going to have to pay him. All right. And, he, about and the, the one thing with Michael, Michael Thomas is he has an agent now. At one point, he had he, he left his agent, and this was within the last month, month and a half or so. And he went with another agent in the agency. So uh, he does have an agent now. So you know, I, I expect him to at least have some type of conversation. Now the question becomes, do they are they able to strike a deal? I mean, because the unfortunate part in all this, this, this discussion is I think the longer the Saints wait, the higher the price is going to go. And not going the, the Richard Sherman, Russell Okung route with no agent there. Uh, that's some of the Saints' in-house decisions they have to make. Outside of house, Deuce, free agency always so intriguing. Saints will have a little bit of room, uh, a little bit of money to play with here. Not a lot, but a little bit. Uh, holes, uh, certainly a tight end, maybe receiver. Uh, a couple what do you, of spots what do you, what do you call? What do you call a lot? I mean, we're, 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 digging, we're dealing with Mickey Loomis economics, so, I mean. Uh, <laughs> well, he didn't have a lot last He didn't have a lot last year, right? Yeah, I think I, mean, I saw he, He's got he's got roughly what about ten ten million eleven so million under the yeah. cap yeah yeah after yeah. Kurt Coleman I think it's ten right right at about ten yeah over there. yeah some, some somewhere in there and he probably got some more I don't I haven't seen how they officially designated Kurt whether he's a June one he would have picked up a little more as far as savings are concerned there but even even if they needed more cap space they can they can convert a few bonuses where you're talking about Armstead, Tim Jordan, you know, a couple guys that they can convert some bonus money and even even Drew, uh, if you want to kick that can down the down the road a little bit further, if they're a player or a few players that they want to sign, they can sign those guys. Who are some of those guys, man? You'd like to see them at least take a look at. Well, I mean, I, I, I think everyone is in agreement. You've got to figure out the tight end position. Losing Ben Watson getting uh, some young blood in that room, whether it's via the free agency and or the draft. You know, I think also when you, you did release Kurt Coleman, uh, they are going to try to target, you know, another safety, whether that's free agency or the draft. It really depends on, um, you know, funding. I mean, it's going to come down to dollars. And then obviously a, a, a third receiver, you know, you can go the expensive route uh, or you can go on the cheaper side when you talk about a guy like uh, Humphreys out of Tampa Bay and uh, the expensive route is probably a Golden Tate or a Randall um, from Green Bay. So, I mean, uh, those would be over the top. It would, you know, I think it would solidify you, but at the same time, you know, it would it would make things really, really tight uh, as far as, you know, some extensions for some of the guys that you want to sign as well. Uh, your own players, Robertson, Banjo, some of those guys, you've taken care of uh, Hardy and some other guys, you know, even Will Lutz, even Will, Will is restricted, though, so you want to at least get a deal done for him also. I'm curious about the quarterback position. You know, the new NFL economics and free agency, you know, in the last couple of years, it shifted where you can find starting quarterbacks, whether at least capable or sometimes elite guys in free agency or the trade market. That didn't happen before the last handful of years. Do you think that changes how they approach the end of uh, Drew's time here in New Orleans where maybe they don't feel necessary, like they have to have the, the guy in waiting on the roster when he retires? Well, I mean, obviously the big question becomes, what do you do with Bridgewater? I mean, what 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 is the market going to be with Bridgewater? 
you know, you, you start looking at a few teams and it looks like Foles is going to be available and the team that he's looking to be married to is going to be Jacksonville Jaguars. And so now you just start to move some of those pieces around. You know, Denver is off the market. They were able to get their quarterback and uh, Joe Flacco. And so that, that that's another place, you know, and Arizona has a young quarterback, but they also have the first pick, you know, you look at uh, Derek Carr out at the Raiders. They have Carr, but, you know, what what direction do they want to go? Washington, you know, their quarterback, Alex Smith, he's coming off an injury, but they, they don't have any funds. You know, they're in a worse situation than the Saints as far as funding is concerned. So uh, can they really afford two big contracts with Alex Smith and Teddy Bridgewater? So those, those are the chips that you start to move around. And it may be a situation where Teddy says, hey, look, you know, if you guys could meet X, I'll re-sign for one year. And, you know, that's where the Saints move move the funds around to make it work. But, you know, he's going to test that market as well, or at least his representatives are going to talk to people to see what that market looks like for him. It's Deuce McAllister, former Saints running back, joining us here in the, uh, Deuce, uh, Ole Miss. I saw a couple of bracketology updates today at Ole Miss at 9. Uh, same little quarter bracket as a Gonzaga man. So if that happens, we may have to have a little side bet going on. Man, the Saints don't want to see us. Let's just get in the cannon and accept. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, man. All right, no problem. Thanks, Jeff. All right, Deuce McAllister on Twitter. Be sure you follow him, at McAllister 26 We'll break away. Coming back with your calls on the Saints, who would you like to see them target in free agency? What should they do with Michael Thomas and Mark Ingram, plus a live listening of LSU baseball as they take on Southern? They're up big. We'll head over to the box that comes your way next year on The Last Lap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.